Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we are now at about the halfway point in the month of our special series on career planning. We're going to have so much fun today and learn so much from someone who is a coach in talking to folks through changing careers, deciding what's the best career for you, all those various things. So please join me in welcoming Allison Cardi to our program today. Welcome, Allison. Thank you, Deb. It's so good to be here. You know, this really is going to be so much fun and so interesting. You know, and, and I say that every time because I love all my guests. I have so much fun talking to them. And it really is something where I learn from every single guest. <clears throat> and even this week, or you know, this, this month, when I like my career. I'm happy with my career. I'm still learning things every single time. So, you know, I know that our listeners are too. So let's just jump into this and let me tell people just a little bit about you. Sounds great. Allison Cardi is a career truth teller who believes in living a life that actually feels like your own. She and her team have helped nearly 200 professionals find a great career fit through her proven clarity process. She is a frequent speaker at universities and alumni groups, including the little schools called Harvard, MIT, Georgetown, and her alma mater, the University of Maryland. Allison is the author of the best-selling book, Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career. Her work has been featured on Monster, Forbes, The Muse, Undercover Recruiter, and The Washington Post. So again, Allison, welcome. Thank you for the kind introduction. I appreciate it. Well, you know, it really is something that is is so cool. You know, I love people's intros, but I I love even more finding out how you got to where you are. You know, why did you decide that this is your passion and and your career? Definitely. Well, the story kind of dates back a little ways. I was somebody who graduated from college really, really adrift, and some of your listeners might relate to that, where I had gone to school, I had taken my parents' advice, they recommended that I be an accountant, Mm -hmm. and the reason they recommended that was because my mom had actually made a career switch from being a teacher to being an accountant, Mm -hmm. and she loved it. It was a fantastic change for her, Mm -hmm. so I think my parents with the very best of intentions thought we've solved this problem of what you should be doing with your life. You should just be an accountant like right. your mom <laughs> because she loves it. Right. So you, you should too. <laughs> you will love it. Unfortunately, it wasn't a good fit for me. And I, I did fine in school and at the same time, I really, really didn't like it. I remember mm-hmm. I worked a summer job and one of the patrons there used to call me Allison the Reluctant Accountant because it was <laughs> it was very apparent to myself and mm-hmm. to a lot of people that I really didn't like it and I didn't mm-hmm. want to be doing it, but I had no idea at the time what would be a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. So I really struggled for a, a handful of years coming out of school. I got some temporary work, I got accounting jobs, and... I just was really trying to find my way because I knew 
The path I was on wasn't quite right, but I didn't know how to figure out what would be a better fit. And I spent a lot of time trying to solve that problem. I tried a bit on my own. I tried reaching out for help on a couple of different occasions, Mm -hmm. and it was really painful. I think some of it may have been like the the melodrama of being young where I thought like, oh, this is going to be my life forever Mm -hmm. and I'll never figure it out. But um, what happened was I spent a lot of time thinking about this in my free time. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when your career is off, it really takes kind of a, a front place in your mind to Mm -hmm. wanting that to be on track and it creeps into other areas of your (laughs) life like I didn't really want to hang out with friends as much as Mm -hmm. I used to because I was unhappy at work and I didn't want to be the one who was always just like oh yeah still unhappy you know and especially if they're going oh my gosh I love my job you're like "Eh." right right so I I went through almost a not almost I went through a period of depression. I definitely pulled away from friends, mm-hmm. and it, it was a very painful and struggle-filled time for me. Eventually, through kind of stubbornness and and sticking with trying to solve mm-hmm. the problem, I think after a couple of years. I wound up moving from thinking about this problem, like reading, (laughs) journaling. I went through a closet at one point and I found this big stack of printouts and thoughts and journals Mm -hmm. and grad school programs, like all this mental thought that had been going on that time in my life. I finally wisened up a little bit and I decided to take some action. And the action that I took was to try three different ideas that I had that Mm -hmm. I thought could be a better fit for me. So I joined a writer's group. I started mentoring kids after school. Mm -hmm. And then I I applied for and was accepted to be a volunteer crisis hotline listener. Wow. Yeah. And that third experience, they were all helpful because Mm -hmm. I was actually doing things that were closer to my strengths. But that third experience was probably the biggest one for me because I got trained in helping skills. I learned that I was actually quite good at it. Mm. And I saw people who were like me for kind of the first time. I had gone through a math, science, and computer science high school. Mm -hmm. And then I went into accounting at the business school. And at the crisis hotline, I found people who were more a helping professional kind of Mm -hmm. vibe, which is is more who I am. Mm So from there, sorry if this is a little bit of a oh, long this story. Is great. Okay, from there, I jumped pretty naively into a coach training and starting my own business. And what I found, this was about a decade ago, was that a lot of people who started coming my way were dealing with the same struggle that I had gone through, where, you know, it's going around. People mm-hmm. get unhappy at work or they drift into something that's not a good fit or something that used to be a good fit changes or things in their life change. Mm-hmm. So I really decided to focus on just solving that problem of helping people to get clear about what's going to be a good career path for them. And over time, 
I got better and better and better at solving that problem Mm -hmm. through the experience of working with many individuals. And I figured out the most efficient way through the problem. And I now have a team of coaches who help deliver our services. We are extremely effective at what we do. And we have a really high client satisfaction rating at the end of our programs. Great. You know, and, and I loved your story because it is so true to what so many of us go through. You know, we we were told, well, you should pick this as a career, you know, simply because. I mean, I I was told I would be a good lawyer because I like to argue. (laughs) And granted, there was, you know, and until I was probably in my third year in college, that was when I thought, I don't want to do that. You know, that that's not what I want to do. You know, but but we are kind of told that and given those messages, especially, you know, when we're growing up, you're good at this, or you should do this because your mother did, your sister did, your father did, you know, all those various things. And it's not always a good fit, you know, but we feel that pressure to follow the, follow the rules, to please people, you know, all these various things. And you talk about that a lot in your book. And, and I know in your programs is that, you know, just because we were told that that was what we should do it certainly doesn't mean that's what we really should do. Definitely. And I think that's, you hit on a really big point that impacts a lot of people's careers, decision, career decisions, which is their social environment. Mm-hmm. And people obviously have a whole range of social environments. The clients that my team and I work with are typically coming from families where there was a lot of good intention. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of wanting the kid to succeed or wanting them to have financial success Mm -hmm. or security. And in spite of those good intentions, I think what messes up is clear boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Where the person giving the advice may not see the person on the receiving end super clearly. So Mm -hmm. then what happens is, There could be projection, like them thinking, oh, you're like me, kind of like my my mom and I's case. Mm -hmm. Or if advice is given without first understanding who the person is or what makes them tick or or anything like that, then it's going to be off. So Mm -hmm. I I think that clarity of what is mine and what is yours is at the root of a lot of career advice that Mm -hmm. is is off track in some way and it really does affect people quite a bit I hear that all the time Mm -hmm. well and you know as you said our our parents want well for us so they want us to be successful of course so you know they're looking at you know an accountant good example makes usually pretty good money um you know and and you know and and the you know how many people you know told their their parents hey I want to be an actor you know, that's one of those, those examples where parents thought, oh, my gosh, that's a horrible thing to go into. You know, you're not going to make money. You're going to struggle. You know, be an accountant instead. You know, all these various things. And you you actually have an example in your book where, you know, there is someone who, you know, acting really was his passion. But, you know, it wasn't paying the bills, all these various things. And then we all do get stuck in that, you know, that, that premise. We also have the parents who wanted to be whatever it was and weren't able to. So then we, they kind of wish that upon us. Um, and you know, and it's not always a career, you know, as you were talking about that, I was sitting here thinking I'm, I'm at the tail end of the, the baby boomer generation. So I didn't feel this pressure nearly as much, but there certainly was the pressure that you got married as a woman and you had kids 
you know, your career was definitely an afterthought. Um, you know, it, it was something that you, you did until you had kids. Then maybe after they were all grown up, you went back. And there certainly weren't a lot of career options. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I think, in, you know, in some ways that still happens today. People, especially, you know, they look at, at the, the, their daughters and they think it'd be great, you know, to have grandkids. You know, and again, they're not, you know, there's no ill will there, but there are these expectations that, you know, we're having to live up to. I think you make a, a really interesting point in terms of, of roles and expectations, I also think what's interesting is there is a side. Oop, you're cutting out. I think I've lost you. Are you there? Not only more historically where mm -hmm. women thought, okay, you're just going to get married, have mm -hmm. kids, but also the profession that were open to right. women, more nurse, teacher, mm -hmm. secretary. And now there's, like the lid has been blown off. Right. I mean, there's probably still more work to be done, but I think in general, and I am speaking to be very clear, I'm speaking about kind of first world educated populations. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But within that world, I think the biggest challenge that people have at the moment is actually an abundance of opportunity and choice. And right. The ability to actually choose your path, mm -hmm. which many generations ago, you didn't really have mm -hmm. that choice. We were still more in a survival mode mm -hmm. where you did what you needed to do to survive. And I think that transition from survival to thriving, from just getting by, making do, you know, putting up with things mm -hmm. to, oh, you know, I can actually choose and I can pick something that's a good fit for me. And it might be different than what my family knows or what was expected. Or it may mm -hmm. even be a job that didn't even exist 10 years right. ago. Yeah, like, who knew we'd have social media managers? Right. So I, I think it's amazing on the one hand to have all that choice. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, what a freedom. And then on the other hand... Wow, that is very overwhelming and very scary. <laughs> and what if I choose the wrong thing? And I think that there's a a lag in terms of, again, I'm speaking about a particular population of people, mm -hmm. but there's a lag in terms of people's understanding of how to navigate this new working world mm -hmm. and really how to take advantage of the opportunities. Right. You know, and, and one of the things that, that I wanted to talk about really is that overwhelming, you know, male or female, number of choices that are out there. I mean, you know, even just if you look at the college degrees that are offered, you know, I see people, people coming out of college with degrees. I don't even know what they mean, you know, let alone how is this a career path, you know, and, and things like that. And, the, the, you know, when we say, you know, the sky is the limit and, and all of those things, that, as you said, that's great, but it's also holy cow, how on earth can I manage to pick something? And then the problem is they think, you know, I'm, I'm picking something that's going to last for the rest of my life. And I think that's the thing that we get so caught up in also is we picked this career and we darn well better stick to it because we went to college for it. We started our own business. We're the vice president of whatever, whatever company. And and, we, you know, the, the part of your book is getting unstuck. We get stuck in that this is where we have to be because it's where we've always been type of thing. 
Yeah, I see that all the time. I think it's it's definitely what you're describing. I could frame it slightly differently where if you think about people's kind of day-to-day life mm-hmm. where most folks, you know, get up, have breakfast, get ready, take the train or drive or walk or whatever to their office, then they spend the day in that particular environment seeing people in their particular small sliver of the world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, finish up the day, come home, watch TV, take care of kids, do whatever, uh, grab some dinner, go to bed. So what happens when we have that consistent day-to-day experience over time is our brains are only seeing that small sliver of the world. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is it's very easy to fall into the idea This is all there is. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you intellectually know that there are more jobs and Mm -hmm. different workplaces, some better, some worse, your brain is going to feel comfortable in what's most familiar. So what I see with people is, because we do help people through transitions, is that one of the pieces that they need help with is just expanding their understanding beyond just an intellectual, yes, of course, there are jobs, but really helping them to get a tangible touch point that there are other, like, little slivers of the world out there, Mm -hmm. like, beyond what you're seeing. Right. And just because this is familiar doesn't mean it has to be forever. Mm -hmm. Well, and you mentioned that you help people work through that, And you have the CLARITY method, and CLARITY is an acronym. So tell us what it stands for. I'd love to. CLARITY is, as you said, it's an acronym, so I'll just go through the letters. It's a series of seven steps. The first is to connect to your inner truth. So any direction you go, I think it's really important to be connected to who you are, what you're most wanting, and I would really emphasize that I don't think there's a right or a wrong thing to want. Mm -hmm. So I've talked to some people who are like, I just want a a slower pace of life. Mm -hmm. That's really what is calling to me. That's great. I've heard people say, I want to have Fridays off to be with my kids. That's great. I've heard people say, I want to start a business or I want to go, you know, hog wild on this particular thing. It's all cool. So whatever somebody wants that's totally fine. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. The next step is to listen to what makes you unique and amazing. Mm-hmm. All too often, what happens when people are wanting to make a change is that where they're coming from hasn't been that great. Or, you know, something must be off that's mm-hmm. triggering them to want a change. So typically what I see is really highly capable people, so you can't see my hand, but I'm like putting it up high, who their self-perception of themselves is off base. Mm -hmm. It's lower than their true capability, right? So my hand is dropping. Those darn inner voices. Those inner voices, they do pop up. (laughs) So... I I think it's really important to have an external perspective, somebody who is not caught up in whatever you're in the middle of, like Mm -hmm. kind of stuck in the mud with, who can help the individual, help you to see more clearly your true capability, Mm -hmm. right? So 
one, you might be taking it for granted. Two, you just might not be feeling it right now. Right. If you're coming out of an environment where you're not playing to your strengths, maybe mm -hmm. you've been really bored or burnt out or had a bad boss. Those things were all human. They're going to mm -hmm. take a toll on us. So having somebody who can see, here's your true capability. Here's what's amazing about you and reflect that back is actually really important to give people a little bit of a confidence boost to then pursue something different. Mm -hmm. The next step is to amplify your understanding of career blind spots. This is tying into what I described, where we all see our little silver sliver of the world and we're missing out on what else is going on. I recently hosted a client appreciation event. We called it Clarity Day mm -hmm. for our clients in the D.C. area. We do work nationally and internationally, but this was mainly people in the D.C. area because that's where I am. And one of the things that we did was we went around in a circle and I asked people, what are you seeing mm -hmm. in your world? And I meant that from, like, what are you seeing in your industry, mm -hmm. but also what are you seeing just kind of in the environment that you're in? Mm -hmm. And what I think is so interesting is going around the circle, some people are like, oh, I'm seeing a ton of generosity. I'm seeing great management. I'm seeing people fulfilling their potential. And other people are saying, I'm seeing a lot of negativity. I'm seeing poor management. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing people just phoning it in or not collaborating. They also talked about the different industries that they're seeing, mm. which could be really diverse because mm -hmm. we don't specialize in one particular right. industry. So mm -hmm. seeing, oh, this person's working with gas standards, and this person is working on space satellites, and this person is working in nonprofits, and mm -hmm. this person is working in a university setting. And I, I think having that time to just expand our knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's what the amplify your understanding of career blind spots really is. The world is much bigger than your mind realizes. Right. So just having that time and space to look into some assumptions that you might be making to really test and get more real world data about what's actually out there. Because I promise you for somebody who's in a poorly managed negative environment, they're going to think that every place is like that or right. that it's really or that's rare. The, the industry trend or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. When, in fact, that's not true. <laughs> there are negative environments, positive environments, industries that are falling behind the times, industries that are pushing the envelope. So it's really a matter of recognizing that that's out there. Mm -hmm. The next step is to research career possibilities with an open mind. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, again, Obviously, all of these, as I write in my book, many people engage in a phenomenon I call early dismissal, hmm. where you come up with an idea, maybe it would be cool to right. fill in the blank, or you see a job posting, you're like, oh my gosh, this would be amazing. That sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah, and then you get super excited about it. And then like half a day passes or you sleep on it. And then the next day you're like, I could never do that. Yeah. That, that little voice me. crops up again and says, well, you're not, you don't have those skills. You don't, you, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and you think, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's an example of a closed mind where, you, where 
I'm saying you, but we as right. humans, mm-hmm. we're, we're mentally shutting down mm-hmm. possibilities before really giving them a fair shake. Mm-hmm. It's like I've heard the advice, don't turn down a job that you haven't been offered. So oh, don't like mm-hmm. don't right. turn it down yourself before somebody out before even putting in an application. Mm-hmm. There was a reason so, it piqued your interest. Right. So the way we approach it is we have people consider what is interesting to them, what really makes them lean forward in the chair with an open mind. Mm -hmm. So we're starting in kind of the ideal world. If you could do anything, if there were no limits, Mm -hmm. what is interesting to you? Let's Mm -hmm. start there. And of course, we're going to I'll share in the later steps, which will translate it into the real world. But mm-hmm. let's start with a place and a sense of possibility. Mm-hmm. That's what this step is. From there, the next step is to identify a path that lights you up. So mm-hmm. this t- ties a bit into what I just described, mm-hmm. where right. you're you're really picking, okay, this feels like it has some promise for me. Mm-hmm. And then once you've picked this and you've researched and you found, okay, this is the path that's feeling really good to me at this point in time. Then the next step is to translate your vision into the real world. Mm -hmm. And this is a piece that I think gets lost in the shuffle quite a bit in the Mm -hmm. career services industry. I think there might be a bit too much emphasis on what do you want? What's the ideal? But like, let's, help people can we make it work (laughs) yeah and i I think there is a place for compromise there is a place for short-term and long-term goals and what i find with clients is some of them have some incredible dreams incredible goals Mm -hmm. and they may be a little bit farther away but if we can start to make a plan to get towards them, even if it's not an overnight switch where they're immediately jumping into a new thing, which mm-hmm. does happen, some some people can do it that fast, but even if there is going to be a little more prep work or just something that some groundwork that needs to be laid before that transition can be made, the fact that they know where they're going and they can see, okay, I'm making progress towards this, I'm no longer stuck, is such a relief and mm-hmm. it's so important. And then the last step, it's a lowercase say and then an uppercase yes, um, the Y for clarity at the end. Say yes to waking up daily to a life that feels like your own. And that's really the biggest thing that I'm trying to support our clients with is actually choosing your life, mm-hmm. choosing your career. And that's not to say that once you pick something once, you're going to be stuck with it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, things we all, change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things change. We evolve. Our experience informs our next choice. But really having that active choice of this Mm -hmm. is what I want. This is the best thing that I'm seeing at this point in time, I think is so empowering and such a critical skill that helps Mm -hmm. people to navigate this sometimes overwhelming and complex world so that they can really be choosing their life. And again, there's no right or wrong way to live your life. Mm -hmm. And I think having somebody in your corner who can really be a clean and neutral support that's just helping you get what you want makes all of this so much easier to accomplish. Right. You know, and, and that often or should be, or, you know, should be that a a coach or a mentor or someone like that, because if we turn to our spouse, our friends, our parents, 
they all have those biases, you know, and, and again, they, they want the best for us. So they don't want us to be disappointed. Um, our spouse still likes the insurance, you know, the, the paycheck, all these various things. And so without meaning to, they might just steer you back in the direction of where you were coming from or all those various things. And, you know, and again, they're, they're not wanting to, to do bad things. They're just wanting what's best for everyone. <laughs> it was maybe the way to put it, as opposed to, you know, thinking about what's best for you. Yeah, I think it, you you brought up a really powerful idea, which is many times people are trying to protect us. Right. Right. They don't want us to get hurt. They don't want us to be disappointed. They don't want us to fail or have a, a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, while it's coming from a good place, what winds up happening is like I could name many cases where a client has said, oh, I went to talk with so-and-so, you know, fill in the blank with whatever relationship. And I told them my idea and they told me 10 ways to Sunday, like why it wouldn't work. Right. I got crushed mm-hmm. and I stopped moving forward and now I feel stuck and I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that person was trying to like save them from pain, but I think they actually – create pain (laughs) they're actually causing a hurt unintentionally Mm -hmm. and in reality having the freedom and the space to face challenges and disappointments and get hurt a little bit and fail along the way that's life like it's it's no good to get protected from that Mm -hmm. it's it's actually much better to embrace that Mm -hmm. and then the other thing I wanted to mention because I think it's it's really important for people. So often I think folks feel like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe like I see these other people in my life, they seem to have it all figured mm-hmm. out and I don't. What's wrong with me that that didn't happen? And I always like to just point out there's a subtlety that's probably going on that people miss, which is our environment. Mm-hmm. So when somebody is raised in an environment where there's some level of support, maybe it's a parent who notices and supports an interest. Maybe it's a professor who says, oh, my gosh, let's go explore this particular thing. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. a mentor who says, you know, you'd be really good at. We don't develop our understanding of career in isolation. There's always a support. So if you see somebody who seems to just have it all figured out, they might erroneously tell you, oh, yeah, I just always knew that I wanted to do X, Y, or Z. But in reality, they knew because people around them reflected that to them and Mm -hmm. supported them and helped them find their way. So if you don't kind of have that knowing, it's not that there's anything wrong with you. It's just that wasn't inherently in your environment it wasn't just like right there for you supporting you and what that means is as an adult you still need that external support somebody to help point the way and be a guide for you but you're going to need to seek it out right Right. sometimes it just shows up given to you Mm -hmm. yeah and sometimes you need to kind of step up and say okay I need this but I really really want to emphasize it's not that there's anything wrong with you it was just an environmental difference and you can adjust your environment Mm -hmm. to help you to get where you want to go right you know and then there are those that you know that are in our circle you know whether it's friends family whatever who project themselves 
on you. You know, they they tried to start their own business and they spectacularly crashed and failed. So you're going to do that, too, you know, or whatever it is. And so that's why having the, the unbiased people to support you and, and maybe it's the people who, you know, obviously don't really know you in in the sense of, you know, they, you know, they haven't known you since birth or, you know, high school or, or whatever. And so, but they're not your, your, your companions, your friends who, who are going to project that on you. Um, you know, because again, they don't want you to fail. So they don't want you to go through what they went through, you know, as you mentioned. Yeah, this is something that my team and I actually talk about quite a bit because I, I take pretty seriously the fact that we're getting to know people very intimately mm-hmm. and they're trusting us right. to be a guide and to help them through a particular pain point in their life. Mm-hmm. And they're also entrusting us with their hopes and mm-hmm. their dreams and the things that are very, very close to their heart. Mm-hmm. So there can be... Uh, even as a coach, and we don't we talk about it to avoid it, but there can right. be a tendency, even as a coach, to to do that projection right. to say, "Oh, look out for that." Mm-hmm. And what we, as a team, really aim for is to support people's dreams, mm-hmm. to help them to move towards them in a way that works for them and their life and their responsibilities and all of that. The one thing that I think we try to do is if we see a disconnect between the dream and the reality. So Mm -hmm. one of the common kind of things that we see as a team is like that, oh, I just want to open a coffee shop dream. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a, an aura of fantasy around what that is going to be, Mm -hmm. where they imagine the interior, they imagine sitting with a cup of coffee. And I've certainly had clients who have said, I hate dealing with people. I hate customer service Mm -hmm. and I want to be in a coffee shop. So when we see a really, or own a coffee shop, when I see a really big disconnect like that, we just want to kindly poke and find what is really under the dream. Because the Mm -hmm. dream probably isn't the coffee shop, it's what it symbolizes. Mm -hmm. So that might be freedom or flexibility. And then we want to help the client find and get as much as possible as the true dream. Mm -hmm. So sometimes there's kind of like a false dream on top that they're, like linking to what they really mm-hmm. want, but we can be a bit of a catch where what they're thinking isn't actually making sense with reality. So we, mm-hmm. we do that, but in general, we work really hard to be supportive of people's dreams to help them work within the constraints and the responsibilities and their risk tolerance and all of that, but really to honor and help people to move forward in their lives mm-hmm. and to respect that it's their business and their life to fail and learn and grow. And Mm -hmm. it's important that they do that. Like what would be worse us cutting them off and saying that's not going to work or them trying something learning and then adjusting course and doing better. Right. You know, and and again, that's where the unbiased comes in, you know, you, because you just know that person in those circumstances and without all the, baggage. I mean, you know, you, we, and I'm using that as a positive term also, um, that, that comes along with somebody. It's, it's really true. <laughs> the people around us are, some 
sometimes they can be helpful if you right. if you have a really positive person they're, who they're has good boundaries. Yeah, they're our biggest support system and our biggest critical people. I mean, right. you know, and, and 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 yes, you know, we're we we are talking about the people who do mean well. There are people in your lives that don't, you know, mm -hmm. and 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 they're the people that are going to say the horrible, awful things and tell you you can't do it. Well, you know, ignore them. And, and I say that knowing that that's very difficult to do. Um, but, but those aren't the people we're talking about. We're talking about the people who do want you to be successful, but they want to protect you. They, you know, they, they, you know, you're, you're their baby and I don't care if you're, you know, 60 years old, you're still somebody's baby, maybe, you know, and, and, or best friend or whatever. So, you know, yeah, they, they want you, they want you to be happy, but they also want to protect you. It's this whole catch 22 thing. Definitely. And what I've seen from almost a decade of coaching people is that you as an individual have a better sense of what you need than anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it, your path might not make sense to other people. Right. right. So I really have come to learn as a coach, it's really important that the client makes the decision and the client chooses the path. Of course, if I see something like I described earlier where there's there's a disconnect, we're going to poke, right. we're going right. to challenge. But If I tell a, you I want to be a trapeze artist and also say I'm afraid of heights. Right. Like, let's, <laughs> let's look at that. What do you yeah. really want? Um, but I, I have found and I think it's a beautiful thing that the choices that we each make in life are helping us to learn whatever next lesson that we need. Mm -hmm. And it may not be apparent on the outside what that is, but if you're having an instinct, this is what I want to do, this is what I need, I really, really encourage anybody listening to honor that instinct mm -hmm. and to recognize that nobody knows you as well as yourself. Mm -hmm. And even if you make a mistake, it's going to be your mistake. It's right. going to be the exact right thing that mm -hmm. you needed to learn mm -hmm. so that the next decision you make can be better. Right. So you know, one of the things that really happens with people is we think, Oh, we've got this great hobby. We've got this great thing that we love volunteering to do. And therefore, it should become our career. Eh, maybe, maybe not. But more likely, there's something in that that is what stokes our passion. You know, it, it is something, you know, maybe it's that you get to be the, the team leader of a project or something like that. So, you know, but, but what we all need to realize is that our lives are so much bigger than just our career. And so everything ties together. Deb, you're so right. I see people all the time who have a lot of different interests. A really common interest that I hear is I love to travel. Mm -hmm. And that may be something I have had clients who have specifically gone for careers where they had travel as a main component of their work and they loved it. And I've also had clients where that's something that gets put into another part of their life. Mm -hmm. So often what I see is that the most important thing is really to honor the individual and their priorities. Right. If you have a priority that you want to make a certain amount or care for a family or 
just have a lot of fulfillment or free time, whatever your priority is, that's really what we want to put your career on. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, when you have other things that you care about, I think it's important to honor those too. So even if a passion that you have doesn't quite make sense for you at this point in your life to Mm -hmm. pursue as a career, which that may or may not be true. Every individual is different, but if you're in that situation, Let's still honor that part of yourself. Let's include that in your life. Not everything that you do has to make money. And I think there's, as you said, a lot of room for different parts of who you are to show up in different parts of your life. Right. You and you just mentioned something that I think is absolutely critical that we that I definitely don't see a lot of career planning people talk about. And that is that little thing called money. And You talk in your book, and let me give the title again just to remind people, Career Grease, How to Get Unstuck and Pivot Your Career. And one of the things that that you have people work through is their financial health. You know, what do they need to survive? What do they need to thrive? And, you know, know, we, we all like to think, well, hey, you know, I could just stop being this today and start being that tomorrow and everything will be hunky dory. Probably not true unless somewhere in there winning the lottery was also included. Um, but, you know, I, I like that that you have that as part of this process because sometimes it means that they have to work toward that. You know, one of the examples that you, you give in your book is the person who stayed with the job that he really wasn't wild about. I believe he was an attorney, stayed with it for another year to really build up a financial cushion so that then when he made a transition, it wasn't as difficult, um, you know, and, and I think that's one thing that people, you know, the, the one thing they think is we can't make that change because of finances or they make the change and then end up, you know, struggling because of finances. And, you know, what you work people through is that it's part of the process. For sure. This is a really big topic and I'm glad that you brought it up. Our careers impact three big areas of our life. Mm-hmm. So, Any career decision that you make is going to impact your financial health, it's going to impact your level of fulfillment, and it's going to impact your personal time and Mm well-being. And I think you nailed it when you shared there's two sides of the coin with finances. Oftentimes, I think people have kind of an unrealistic understanding of what they actually need. Mm -hmm. So when I ask them, okay, what is the bare minimum of expenses that you need at this point in your life? And I'm not saying we're going to aim for that, but like, let's just look at and get a true calculation of what are the essentials in your life right now. Mm-hmm. I think that that can be really freeing for people where right. it's not just like this boogeyman idea of, ah, I need all the money and you know, I can't get by without it, mm-hmm. but really tying it to a number helps people to then make a decision. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side of it, I think that financial consideration is something that needs to play into career decisions mm-hmm. where, and, and most of my clients understand this pretty intuitively. It's not like we need to tell them, but just thinking about, okay, what is the way this can work for your life and the different, a lot of our clients have kids and husbands and wives, um, people they're taking care of. What is the scenario that's going to really take care of you and your family? Mm-hmm. The more I do this work, the more that I see 
people's level of risk tolerance is really important and it's an important thing to respect. Right. So some people might have a super high risk tolerance where I've had clients who they do contract work, they have gaps between jobs and they always land on their feet. They don't freak out in in those in between periods. They, mm -hmm. they just have a high risk tolerance. So for somebody like that to give them advice that says, wait five years before you do this, it's going to be like in opposition to their nature. Right. They can jump. Nuts. Uh -huh. yeah. They can jump, they can land on their feet, they're going to be fine. And on the other end of the spectrum, there are people who have a much lower risk tolerance. to tell them, oh, yeah, quit your job and you'll figure it out. Like, that's going to be so scary for them mm -hmm. that whatever path they go on is not going to work. Right. So it's really important to honor each individual's risk tolerance and help them to build a plan that feels comfortable and feels like a good fit for them. Mm -hmm. Well, and as part of that, it might be additional training going back to school, you know, all of those various things. Um, there's a commercial on right now that, that I love. It's it's an animated commercial, but, you know, it's it's for an IT school, if I remember right. And it's showing that, you know, this woman works in a factory. Then pretty, pretty soon more and more automation comes into the factory, and then eventually she's out the door. And so she's sitting there, and she's, oh, you know, woe is me. She's lost her job. She's got her kids, all these various things. And she decides she's she needs to go back to school and, and then absolutely loves her job. And, and you know, that's that's obviously an extreme version of this where, you know, you didn't recognize that, you know, you might not have known, hey, you were going to lose your job. But part of this is, you know, you might need new skills. Uh, you know, I, I had somebody tell me the other day that they wanted to be a social media manager. And I said, well, what do you think about Instagram and Facebook? And they said, we don't use either. And I went, Okay. <laughs> now, I'll, I'm honest, I don't use Instagram, but, you know, there's there's a limit to how many social media programs you can use. But that's that's this whole part of this process of, of working with you is figuring out where all the pieces come together. And if there's a missing piece, can you can you get that puzzle fixed? I think you're painting a picture that is very helpful because. Career decisions impact a lot, and what I find is that people get muddled, even super smart, awesome people like the clients we work with. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to get muddled about all the different impacts and what you want and what you need and, and all of that. paralysis by analysis thing. Right. It, it happens mm -hmm. quite a bit. So I think it's important for people to understand it's an issue that probably feels like, oh, I should just be able to solve this on my own. Mm -hmm. But actually, because you're right in the middle of it, it's harder than normal to solve this problem. And having somebody on the outside can be really helpful. Right. Now, you know, we all have that one friend who knew when they were five years old what they wanted to do and what they wanted to be. You know, is that really true? Do people do that? And, you know... <clears throat> Excuse me, are there any hidden truths to that? 
Yes, so the hidden truth is that they had help, right? They had people in their life who pointed the way for them, Mm -hmm. who helped, who saw them in some way and helped to move them closer to an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something, as I mentioned earlier, that they may not be able to tell you because it was just there supporting them, but it nobody makes it alone. Mm -hmm. We all need help to see ourselves. We all need help to find opportunities. We all need encouragement. So if you see somebody like that, just know they had those things in some way, in some form. And again, it's just, you can get those for yourself now as an adult, even Mm -hmm. if they weren't available as you were growing up. You know, and they can come from a variety of places. Um, I always ask my guests for things that they would like to talk about. And you put in here that a style workshop changed your life. And that, of course, really piqued my interest. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I am not very visually oriented. I do not have a good sense of style at all. And I reached out for help. I went to a style workshop, and then I worked with a stylist a little bit. And I'm probably have a ways to go in terms of my personal style, even with support. But I remember that when I was going through the process where she was helping us to kind of pick our signature style Mm -hmm. and she sent us off with an assignment that's a bit similar to something we give our clients, which is look around and see what you like. Mm -hmm. And I looked around and I was like, maybe I like, vintage 50s dresses maybe I like maybe I should dress like a rock star Mm -hmm. maybe whatever and I remember like looking at all this stuff and trying to sort through and then eventually I wound up like flopping on my bed and being like I don't know I don't know who (laughs) I am this is so hard and what really I experienced in that workshop gave me a lot of compassion and empathy for our clients because Mm -hmm. it is tricky to match up who we are to the external world. Right. And having the stylist there to kind of steer me when I was going into directions where she was like, um, you know, based on knowing you, my closer style, like I said, it probably still needs to be developed and professionalized more, is I'm very sporty, casual, Mm -hmm. and like having comfortable clothes that are not too bright colors, Mm -hmm. because I'm a quieter person, is what's going to be like a a most natural fit for me. So Mm -hmm. having her guidance to really help me to see and connect to myself was so powerful. And we do the similar thing with our clients, Mm -hmm. where we can be that voice of reason when you're looking at you know 50s vintage dresses and Mm -hmm. you don't ever wear a dress in your Mm -hmm. day-to-day life and um i found it just a a really big epiphany to appreciate the feeling of wanting to find that clear connection and just Mm -hmm. it being a little bit obscured because we're so close to it it's hard for us to see ourselves Mm -hmm. And, and it comes back to everything you were saying. We're used to being whatever it was. Um, you know, I was one of those, you know, we'll, we'll keep it on kind of style here for a second. I always wore suits. I mean, that was that was my thing. I had 30 suits in my closet. I had a small fortune of suits in my closet. And, you know, the heels, the suits, the very professional, because that was the way you were supposed to be. And I went through a little medical issue, lost a whole bunch of weight, and I could either 
have all my suits tailored or I could just start over. And so I thought, I don't want to have tailored suits anymore. And so I really did decide I'm going to, I'm going to now dress the way I want to dress. So I, I've been known to wear jeans to business meetings, bright colors. You know, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm bright colors, bright jackets, bright, bright shirts, all those various things. But it was painful to go through that process, literally, because, you know, it was like, oh, my gosh, but but people know me as the person who wears suits. And, you know, to bring the analogy back home, that's that's what it is with our careers. People say, well, but but you've always been the accountant, the lawyer, the the whatever it is. And what do you mean you want to become a gardener full time? You know, and and so it's, it's about finding that inner passion. Yeah, I I love the the style metaphor because it it really does match mm-hmm. to career. Right. I'm tall, and a lot of times what I would find is when I would go shopping. As I said, I don't have any visual sense, so people would try to help me, and they would put me in really form fitting bright colors. Mm-hmm. And I am not like you, Deb. I love your exuberance and your enthusiasm. And I'm like kind of quiet and calm and reserved. And what the stylist helped me to see is that advice was wrong for me. Mm-hmm. It's confusing for people to see me in bright right. colors and in loud type clothes. And then for me not to show up that way, because that's not really who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think it's funny how uh, we can get steered incorrectly in style right. and also in career. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've only got about five minutes left, and and this is probably a question that we just need to have you on again to talk about, uh, because it's it's more than just a couple-minute question, but what's the critical step that people miss when they're trying to to fix this? Oh, I can get through this pretty fast. The critical step that they miss (laughs) is clarity. What I always tell people is there's like three steps that Mm -hmm. I see them go through. First is they notice, oh my gosh, there's a problem with my career. I don't like this. I'm unhappy. I've had 20 bad days in a row. Something Mm -hmm. is wrong. So the first step is noticing a problem. Mm -hmm. Step three, where people jump to is let me go find a job. Mm -hmm. So they start looking through job listings. They start submitting things into the black hole. Mm -hmm. They get overwhelmed. They get turned around. They get lost. They get disheartened. But oftentimes what has happened is they skipped step two. They never pause to think, well, what do I want next? Mm -hmm. So they jump straight to, there's a problem, to let me fix the problem Mm -hmm. without understanding where their target is. And I always say this is kind of like picking up a dart and throwing it without noticing or figuring out where the dartboard is. So someone's going to get hurt. And in this case, it's probably going to be you. Mm -hmm. So I think that critical step of actually identifying clearly this is my path Mm -hmm. is so important. It gets missed so frequently and it leads to so much frustration. Mm -hmm. What I find with our clients is once we help them to get that clarity and they know, oh, this is what I want. This is my plan. Mm -hmm. We're not even a job search service. We're more like on the soul search Mm -hmm. side of things, if Mm -hmm. that's not apparent. But once they get clear, 
inevitably they get the job like so much more easily Mm -hmm. because they can tell people with clarity and confidence and excitement what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. Their network can now help them effectively because Mm -hmm. they can talk about what they're looking for and they're able to get what they want so much more easily just because they've taken the time to get clear on what they want. That's Mm -hmm. the critical step that too many people miss. Right. You know, and, and you are right because we do, we jump from one to three. We think, this sucks, must fix. (laughs) And it's understandable, right? right? I I understand that. You know, and and so we do, we jump ahead and and we don't, we're not analyzing what was wrong. Was it me? Was it the business? Was it the person I was sitting next to? You know, whatever it is. And and then what we do is we leap into something that is probably similar to what already wasn't working. Or people just get lost in the job search. Mm-hmm. I've had people who have they been apply looking. for anything that comes along. Right. They've been looking. They've been applying. They're writing cover letter after cover letter, targeting different markets, different industries, different roles, and it gets really overwhelming really mm-hmm. fast. Right. Well, holy cow, Allison, we are at the top of the hour and, you know, it's, it's, this has been so much fun and, and I love talking about this with you. We'll definitely have to have you on again, but in the meantime, how do people find you and find out about the programs and services that you provide? Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking Yay. about this with you and you can find us at CardiCareerCoaching.com. That's mm-hmm. Cardi. C-A-R-D-Y, careercoaching.com. And I would note if anybody is curious if it's possible to get to a better career, poke around on our website. We have some great client stories, and I love for folks to look at those because I know that when you're in a place where you're unhappy, it can feel like, how will this ever change? Mm -hmm. So I'd love to give folks some hope. Poke around, look at those. And then if what we do looks interesting to you, we do have an application so you can fill that out. It's confidential, risk-free, and then we'll let you know if we're a good fit. Perfect. And you do have several programs that are available. So, you know, that's what makes it nice, too, is people can pick which program works best for them. Absolutely. We have one month, three month and six month programs. And I think one of the things that's unusual about us is because this is all we do, helping people to get clear. And I don't like wasting people's time. We can get folks to an understanding of what they want to be doing next, even if they've been stuck for a year, a couple Mm -hmm. years, a decade. It's not uncommon. (laughs) We can get that done in as few as one to three to six months. Wow. I love it. I love it. Well, again, that's CardiCareerCoaching.com. I am Deb Creer, and I've been having an absolutely wonderful time talking with Allison Cardi. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.